Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Maniba of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Hey, 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 how's it going, man? Oh, it's so good, man, so good. Happy Fourth of July to you, sir. And I have to say, um, I had plenty of bad food for me this weekend, so I hope you did, too. <laughs> Luckily, you know, I, I had a lot of home cooking, a, a lot of steaks, a lot of barbecue. So, yeah, nice. it was definitely, uh, you know, I, I, I'm good for a little bit now. Definitely had some uh, too many drinks, but uh, that's probably <laughs> my, my, uh, my quarter for the year now. So I'm good. Dude, but, you uh, it was great to have fireworks again. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. that it was great having fireworks again. Uh, and, of course, no better way to celebrate that than to eat way too many meats and lots of drinks. So that was perfect. Mission accomplished this year. Anyway, hey, i got to ask you this question. I saw this in the news. I know you're a big fan of The Office. I am, too, obviously. Everyone who listens to the show knows that. Uh, both of us are into it. But did you know, I, I saw this report, that Steve Carroll actually would have come back for season eight and nine, but they didn't ask him to return. Did you know that? No, actually, I, I thought I heard, I was upset when I heard about it a long time ago, and I, I thought yeah. the narrative was that he was trying to get away from the office, and he was you know trying right. to get away from sitcoms and just focus on Hollywood. So that's the thing. Yep. We find out these things later on, but wow, that joke could yeah. probably going on for another decade if that's the scenario. Totally agree. It's so weird. They were saying that actually they never asked him because they had initially signed seven-year contracts, which I guess is the is what you normally do in the industry for these types of sitcoms. Right. He signed it, and at the end of it, he he was going to get asked to do more, and they decided never to ask him, and he was a little bit put off by that, and so they came out with this narrative later that he was going to focus on Hollywood. So, really weird. So, i got to ask you this question. Did you like season 800? Um, I think when Steve Carell wasn't there anymore, to me, the show lost, you know, it lost a lot of the dynamic, uh, the, the, you know, the chemistry. So, although I like the other characters, when, when Steve Carell was off it, yeah, I, I pretty much, uh, I watched it, but it definitely wasn't, the, you know, the same belly laugh, you know, shows that I was used to. Yeah, I agree. There were some a lot of uh, other interesting, um, you know, kind of undertones to it, like the entire Jim and Pam controversy and him going to Philly and all that stuff. Well, I mean, it was all it was still funny, but not quite the same. I mean, Ed Helms did. And you know what? I'll give I'll give some props to Ed Helms for stepping in and being as bad a manager as um, Michael Scott was. So you know, there's always you know right. Andy Bernard's <laughs> character uh, as bad, sometimes even more cringeworthy. So. Yeah, you learn something every day. Hey, listen, at least I won't open it in our show. We're going to go seven years and two more, and you're going to have the originals, right? We're signed on for nine years. Is that good? We're good with that? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. All right, we got lots to talk about today, guys, because we're going to do a rundown. That's a back, no, no, another commentary, another something we stole from the office, a rundown of the NFC West. Today, we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Rams, San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, and the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk again about fantasy football draft targets in the NFC West, and we will update you on the Washington football team and much, much more. So let's get this started. So let's get started with that Washington football team. Always news coming out every week. So why don't you get us up to speed on that one, Adam? 
Yeah, you know, I was actually uh, an article I actually wrote probably at the beginning of May prior to, you know, some of the Washington signing. But a signing that I felt, you know, we briefly talked about in the past episode, I felt really is going mm-hmm. under the radar is uh, former Dolphin safety uh, Bobby McCain. Uh, right. You know, 2020, full, all 16 games played, 46 tackles, 39 solo interceptions, five pass defenders, and two QB hits. Uh, this is a prospect who is the captain over at Miami, and this was, you know, a cap move that – I guess they had to move, but I, I don't see why because, again, this guy's on the right side of 30, um, starting potential. And what I love about him is his ability to play the slot corner, free safety, and even strong when necessary. What he adds in Washington is a lot of question marks are going to this season. The front line is no question. What the yep. question mark right now is the defensive backfield. You know, by adding William Jackson uh, the third, they pretty much solidified one side of the field at least. The other side, you know, Will uh, Fuller, you know, some of the other cornerbacks are still a work in progress. But with Landon Collins coming back, a lot of people were trying to figure out how would Cam uh, <clears throat> Cam Curl and Landon Collins coexist, you know, considering both right, the strong right. safeties. Well, the yep. narrative has been, you know, Mark Bullock had a great article about the Buffalo nickel when there's three safeties simultaneously, you know, one of them plays that slot option role. But with yep. McCain coming in, I think what this story that's going to slowly, you know, in training camp within the next couple of weeks, you know, they heard a lot about the how good the defense is and how, you know, behind the offense if Fitzpatrick looks. Because that's going to be, you know, no matter what they do, this defense is going to be elite and this offense is a work in progress. So the difference from years past is Washington has been constantly searching for that free safety since, you know, the death of Sean Taylor. Not in any way does McCain fill that role, but what he does is he allows – uh, Landon College to when he is healthy, play close to the line and really not have to play in coverage, and Cam Crow just to play all over the field as that Roman safety that can cover tight end, running backs underneath. And McCain's that guy you're just going to drop in the backfield. So this is, I believe, one of the most underrated signings of the offseason because I think once McCain gets his role, again, former captain in Miami, I think once he gets that role as that deep cover safety, you know, Jack Del Rio is going to be able to just pin his ears back and, you know, Chase Young, Sweat, Deron Payne, Allen, Ioannidis, they're going to be able to just let them go. And I think having a McCain playing deep backfield, I think this is going to be a sign that everyone's talking about, you know, week 10, how good Washington's defense is on route to probably one of the top defenses in the league. And I think Bobby McCain, remember this name, is a guy that's definitely going to come up as one of the steals of the offseason. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's, there's some great things there, and we're really interested to see how that all um, works out in the, into the regular season there so keep an eye on that folks really interesting and of course on the washington football team always always go to the burgundy report.com because you are missing out if you're not doing that hey i gotta ask you this question because obviously this came up over the last week or so regarding the washington football team as well and i think you know what i'm talking about it's the nfl fine of the Washington football yeah. team 10 million dollars in a investigation into the team culture it was announced uh, last thursday that they're being fined based on an independent review by an independent counsel, Beth Wilkinson. And based on Wilkinson's review, Commissioner Roger Goodell came to the conclusion that Washington had operated both generally and, and particularly for women per the league statement in a highly unprofessional manner that included bullying, intimidation, multiple allegations of sexual harassment, and a general lack of respect in the workplace. Obviously, the uh, Washington football team has responded in kind and um, and has ensured that the workplace will continue to improve after this um, report and, and indicated how um, grateful they are that those who are courageous have come forward. So what are your thoughts on this impact on the team? Will this have any impact? I mean, uh, obviously from a, from a professional level, um, 
internally we we like to see the improvement of working conditions that's terrific but will it have any impact on the team as a whole going into the next season you know we were actually i was on sidelines watching another uh podcast i co-host on and we were actually just talking about how just days before it was announced that uh the wife of dan daniel snyder tanya snyder was announced as the co CEO and the first thing of course me and, and my co-host were just thinking you know this is this is a crock of crap because yeah uh, a co-CEO what is that so everybody knew within a couple of days something was dropped and, and of course you know it wasn't as big as everyone thought it was because um you know Dan Snyder as always was able to keep the muzzle on everyone uh, you know there's uh, reportedly 150 NDAs that were signed uh, it was called wow. the Beth Wilkinson investigation and during that there was you know the thought that those would be open um, and that, you know, everything would be made available. But again, Snyder is a very powerful man. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the $10 million is, 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 is not even a slap on the wrist. That's a flash in the pan, <laughs> and, and that's going to charity. So that's, it's, it's, it's a joke in itself. But again, the whole idea that Tanya um, Snyder will now be the face of the franchise this year while Dan Snyder works on the team. I'll be curious to see how that goes, knowing, uh, you know, always such a hands-on owner, even when he steps back, you know, he's involved. But, you know, with this $200 million yacht, he's got every reason to, you know, <laughs> travel. What, what, what the word is is he's traveling around the world looking at other stadiums trying to create the quote-unquote perfect stadium. But I think okay. the real narrative is, you know, he's going to remove himself from the spotlight because there was some, you know, rumors that it was really directly to him and, you know, a, a female personnel or chiller with the team that there was a direct altercation and somehow that hasn't got out i think it will get out in time yeah. but from right now i think everyone's telling him stay away and like i said on the on sidelines washington the reason these penalties are are not even these are just the same good old boys it's the same business as usual and if they give him a huge fine for something like this it comes back to all of them and they don't want you know the, the robert Kraft we saw with that situation with the massage yep. parlor how that was you know, uh, swept under the the rug. Um, th- so when we see things like Washington, you know, during the uncapped year, having um, quote unquote, um, what was it? Um, you know, under un- under the under the table contracts. Um, yeah. So they got fined to what thirty million dollars for it. So that's something the owners can agree on. But when it comes to something like this, they want these not these non disclosure agreements kept quiet. They don't want anything further. So you know, as far as I think, it's not going to do anything on the field. But to me, I applaud the hires of Jason Wright, the president, Julie Donaldson, you know, you know, elevated to the head of, uh, I think it was media operations. And, you know, these mm-hmm. are huge steps in the right direction. Um, but what they're doing now, Tanya Snyder, you know, she's known as one of the highest female positions. I, I don't I don't applaud that because I think it's by default. If he doesn't do this, I think ultimately he's probably, you know, pushed to sell the team. So I think yeah. they came to an early understanding that this is what you're going to do. He's going to do it in-house. You know, he'll keep the team, and until you know, unless something worse comes out, it's just business as usual. And it's all about the new stadium for Washington because they've got about three years, uh, excuse me, 2027 before the contract yep. runs out. But, yeah, right. uh, I'll wrap this up quickly. I always go on this, but it's, it's <laughs> nothing, basically nothing to see here. It's not going to affect anything on the field this year. Yeah, hopefully it does uh, affect things in the, behind, the, behind the field, to speak, and in front of the field and around the field and makes the team right. a better place. And, you know, we can always hope that the changes that we made will move things. But uh, I guess the one way to look at it is it is a step in the right direction, uh, and that's always a good thing. So keeping an eye on that, no real impact on the field, but hopefully an impact in football culture. All right, let's ring the bell on that one and get to our main event. We're going to talk about the NFC West in 2021 and we're going to start with 
And I'm going to go in reverse order here because I initially I thought we we're going to do this in a different order. But I'm going to start with the San Francisco 49ers. And the reason for that is that the books have already come out as regard the uh, odds for um, winning the NFC West. And the San Francisco 49ers lead the pack at plus 185. A little bit surprising to me. Rams at plus 190. Seattle Seahawks at plus 270. Arizona Cardinals, Stellar Dwellers at plus 600. Wow, they have no faith in the Arizona Cardinals. So let's start in reverse order. We're going to start 49ers, the guys who are at least by the bookmakers um, looking at uh, the highest odds in the NFC West. What about the 49ers do you see being big issues going into the new season? And then let's talk a little bit about fantasy football targets. Yeah, you know, with San Francisco, the story is going to be instantly, you know, Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they'll say all the right things, that you know, to lose. But I think Trey Lance is just going to make it extremely hard for Kyle Shanahan not to use him week one. I think that it'll be, you know, a pretty interesting – it'll probably be one of the most interesting uh, quarterback battles around the league. And I, I think it could go either way. But I think for the 49ers to really have the success I think that Vegas thinks they're going to have, it's going to be with Trey Lance. Because I think a signing, a re-signing, I should say, that's not really been talked about is Trent Williams, you know, the former, you know, Washington left tackle. Um, I'm not convinced that he's going to be anywhere near dominant like he was in Washington. But a Trent Williams at 70% is, is better than half the NFL, in my opinion, when it comes to the left yeah. tackle position. So mm-hmm. ultimately, who does that help the most? Jimmy Garoppolo, sure. But it, it, it'll help Trey Lance more, an option quarterback. They'll be able to do things instantly because he was there during the RG3 run. And, you know, he was uh-huh. a big part of that uh, zone read scheme. So, he, you know, he, that's why with Shanahan, there's no learning curve. It's, all, it's the ultimate upgrade in the offensive line because that's been an issue for years. They were drafting, you know, tall, Ophi offensive linemen for the past decade that really weren't anything that, you know, to compete with the teams in the division. So, Debo Samuel hurt last year. You know, a lot of expectations. Yep. Brandon Ayuk, Muhammad Samuel. But, again, yep. their offense, it's all about George Kittle. You know, only playing eight games, you know, 48 receptions, 634, and uh, two touchdowns, but 13.2 per reception. You know, the, no matter what happens to the quarterback position, George Kittle is the number one target and everyone's secondary. So, it's yep. all about the quarterback, uh, all about, the uh, you know, that quarterback uh, battle there. But, I, again, Although he's coming from the small school level, limited experience, not you know just a little more than a full year of football from you know small school level, I still think he's just too good to sit on a bench uh, come week one. So I think Vegas is not betting on Jimmy Garoppolo; they're betting on Trey Lance probably seeing early, uh, seeing the field pretty early on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happened because obviously everyone knows that in 2020 it was a mess in terms of injuries for the 49ers, and they had a ridiculous carousel at quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo playing four games, Nick Mullins playing nine games, C.J. Beathard playing three, uh, just not doing that well, you know, overall. But I mean, how how do you get consistency when you have that problem and where you have uh, both George Kittle and Debo Samuel on the bench injuries through most of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do when they are totally healthy. But I agree, Trey Lance, a huge part of this. I also think because of the fact that Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman are now gone and they drafted right. Trey Sermon, that there is some, you know, there's some something to keep an eye on there. I really like uh, keeping an eye on Sermon and what he might do there. That could be something that um, that would be important. Who knows? But Trey Lance, I agree, is key with those guys. Any thoughts on uh, guys you uh, target for the uh, for the draft? I'm assuming George Kittle is one of them. Anybody else from the 49ers? You know, later, later round, again, Debo Samuel is a guy I definitely like, but, you know, he yep. has had some nagging injuries, even coming out of college here and there, because it's just the way he plays. It's the style he plays. You know, he's a, he's that combination of, you know, that, that Pierre Garçon and, you know, even at times, 
you know, he can line up in the backfield. So I, I think you can put stock in him as a wide receiver one, but, you know, Brandon Ayuk, he's a good second target, but I think if George Kittle isn't the focal point of that offense, they're not moving. So there's really no one I'm going to look at, at least anywhere in the mid round uh, mm-hmm. in, in their receiving group. But, and then, like you said, the running backs, nobody to speak of either. So to me, Trey Lance, you know, I might even take a chance on him earlier than you know some expect because I think him and George Kittle early will definitely be, you know, a dynamic option. Yeah, and I, and I will say that, um, and those guys all obviously worth looking at, and uh, Brandon Ayuk going 59th overall. So, you know, that, that's not too much of an investment. Wide receiver 25, if he bounces right. to what we think he will. Debo Samuel going much later at 78th overall. He might be a kind of a steal that late in the draft. I actually like um, taking Raheem Mostert. At 80th overall, he's a 28th running back off the board. I think that's a pretty good value. And go ahead and pair him with Trey Sermon at 110th overall running back 40. I mean, he's going late enough. You could probably get both of those guys for a song. And between the two of them, you're probably going to have a running back one. I mean, they, they are yeah. kind of ground heavy. And I, and even if, if Trey Lance takes over, I think they'll use their pass catching ability uh, to the, the max. And I, I think Trey Sermon can get a piece of that. And I think Raheem Mostert can be the guy. So all those guys worth taking a look at in your fantasy football league. Let's move on to the next team. And that is, of course, the ones that are very, very close, and it's very, very close, Los Angeles Rams at plus 190. So it's really only um, five points off from the 49ers, so they're almost like co-leads. But what about the Los Angeles Rams? Big issues for them into the next season and fantasy football. You know, I, the offensive line is still a question. They ha- they haven't solved that. Every draft, you know, they just go another direction. They they have an opportunity to get somebody that's going to make a difference. And, you know, I think that they have a servable, serviceable offensive line, but I think Matt Stafford, you know, we're talking about Detroit, but I still think he's used to, you know, you know, better talent in front of him. You know, um, although they have serviceable guys, I just think that that could be something to watch early on. I think that they're mm-hmm. going to have issues, you know, getting their run game going. I like Cam Akers. I really like him as, you know, a potential fantasy guy because I think he's going to see a lot of touches in the receiving and run game. Um, but, you know, just looking at their stats, you know, last year, uh, Cooper Cup, 92 receptions, 974 yards, three touchdowns. And Wood, 90 receptions, 936, six touchdowns. So they're, they're pretty close to equal. So I think you bring Matt Stafford in there. You know, he's a guy that's, I think, going to take more chances than, you know, last year. So I think both those guys, definitely guys, you're going to look at fantasy as far as where they're going to rank. I'm not uh-huh. sure if I'm going to look at those guys because, again, I'm just not confident that although Matt Stafford, he's played through injuries, he showed his durability. Um, I think his shoulder injuries, things in the past, I think anybody who th- believes that he's going to have, you know, three, five-year, like, top-level shelf career, I-, I-, I just don't see it with him. I think he'll be serviceable and he'll be, you know, middle-of-the-pack quarterback, but I just don't see hi- him having that durability because I think he'll be for- forced to use his legs here and there in L.A., and I just think that's not going to result well because I think this division, you're talking about San Francisco, Arizona, even Seattle, I think he'll have a lot of problems with, with those pass rushes. Yeah, and uh, Matthew Stafford currently going at 95th overall, so QB 12, so just barely making it inside for those 12-team league starters, uh, and I agree with that assessment. But I'll just pop back around here and talk a little bit about the team here because Matt Stafford, you know, he obviously was a superstar in Detroit, which isn't saying much because Detroit has been pretty um, mediocre as of late, but he did post over his career there in 165 regular game seasons, 45,109 passing yards with 282 touchdowns to just 144 interceptions. And that's not bad concerning that he didn't have consistent weapons there in Detroit all right. the time. I mean, he obviously had some good ones. We know there are like some real standouts there, but 
He has weapons on the field there. And, you know, he is, he can run, as you mentioned, 1,198 rush yards over that time and 14 scores on the ground. So really interesting to see what he can do there. And I will mention, you know, they also got wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. I don't know what he has left in a tank, but he is a, a unique piece player that can work there. I think there's some possibility there. And of course, I am a little bit probably controversial about this, as we all know, but I like Tutu that well. Uh, everybody, know, everybody knows how I feel about Tutu. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to fit in or not. I mean, they still have, obviously, great receiving options there in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but I think Tutu Atwell can benefit from Matt Stafford's gunslinging ways there. So, um, you know, that's kind of interesting. Uh, for, for fantasy football, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup are going 35th and 45th overall. So wide receivers 15 and 21. I think they're basically interchangeable. If you want them, you can go get them. Cam Akers going 25th overall at RB12. I'm not – I just don't know what to make of Cam Akers right now in terms of fantasy. I don't feel super comfortable that high up. I think if you want to take a swing at something, though, Tyler Higby – Tight end 11 at 112 yeah. overall, maybe some good value there. I mean, he, he showed some some uh, some some burst last last year, and maybe he will benefit from uh, playing of Matt Stafford. And then after that, you know, it's a little bit of a question mark. You know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if I'd want to take Deshaun Jackson, even though he's going virtually undrafted. There's also Van Jefferson there who is going undrafted, and uh, the aforementioned Tutu Atwell also going undrafted. Yeah, you know, I might take a flyer at Tutu Atwell at the very otherwise uh, okay let's get on to the next team here let's get on to the seattle seahawks okay so what about them issues going into the 2021 season and some fantasy football targets yeah suspect o-line another team in the division with a suspect <laughs> and seattle yeah, russell wilson put it at the top and yeah you know always but again you know look at the you know we talked about cup and woods but you know dk metcalf you know, less receptions, 83 receptions for 1303, 10 touchdowns, 15.7 per reception. Tyler Lockett, 100 receptions, 1054, 10 touchdowns, 10.5. Um, yeah. These guys are studs. And, you know, a guy that I scouted, um, Dwayne Eswich out of Western Michigan, this is a guy, a six-year, a six-year guy, played kick returner, punt returner, cornerback, and ultimately, you know, wide receiver is where he settled in his final couple of years is, you know, his primary position. But this is a guy that's that utility player that fits perfectly with Russell Wilson because, you know, whatever happens with Metcalf and Lockett, ultimately one of them are going to be slowed down, miss some time, and this is a guy that's going to come in so they won't miss a beat. So between that and, you know, just what they have in their run game, I think Seattle is a, a really sneaky team to keep an eye on. Russell Wilson is just – I'll never bet against him. I think he's – he's yeah. you know, probably, there's a lot of what-ifs with San Francisco, but as of right now, he's the best quarterback in the division. And I think with these weapons, there's a, there's no reason to think they, they're going to go, you know, and backwards with the offense. The defense, I don't know if they've done enough on that side of the ball to be competitive. I, I, I think right. that the offense will be able to score points, but I don't know if they're going to stop teams from scoring 24 points a game. So right now, you know, fantasy – it, it, you know, Metcalf and Lockett, those guys combined for almost 2,400 yards last year and, um, was it, uh, 20 touchdowns. So I right. think that, to me, and, and out of everybody in the division, that's the, the, you know, alert team to keep an eye on. And, you know, any of those guys, as far as where they're slotted, I don't have that. But I think that, you know, if they're available in that, you know, second, third round, you know, I, I think that would be a steal for any guy, you know, any receivers that went over that 1K mark and 10, 10 touchdowns last year. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, obviously, DK Metcalf going um, quite a bit ahead of Tyler Lockett. I think that's really interesting. DK Metcalf currently yeah. going at 18th overall, wide receiver 7. Tyler Lockett all the way down at 48th overall, wide receiver 23. Wow. I think some serious value there with Tyler Lockett. I don't know why he's being overlooked like that. Obviously, I love Metcalf. We all think he's going to be a stud for many years to come, but Lockett has proved it before, and um, right. and he did resign with the team. So he's in for the whole nine yards, guys. Uh, it might be somebody uh, taking a look at. I, I I think there's going to be some question about Russell Wilson and how he responds this season. Obviously, he's looking for a huge extension, and um, it's slow going. Um, it's not quite right away, so he still has two more years yet. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, he overachieved last year with a really bad offensive line, and their offense was bonkers. You know, they scored 28.7 points yeah. per game, but their defense, as you mentioned, was not so good. They allowed 23.2 points per game. So clearly not the best combo and not a combo that's going to win them uh, championships, but that offense still can be firing at all uh, cylinders um, throughout these games. And I, I do like taking a look at Gerald Everett, who they added this year. Um, it's, it's, you know, no guarantees there in terms of what he's going to see. But, you know, they, he likes to use tight ends, and he is going at 166 overall, so tight end 23, very basically the end of drafts. I think he's worth it. If you miss on a tight end and you want to, dra- you want to draft some other, tight, some other rookie tight end or, or a second tight end someplace, Gerald Everett may be a guy you want, want to take a look at um, and, and, uh, and target. All right, let's look at the cellar dwellers. And and this surprises me. Um, this really surprises me, Adam, that they have him have them at plus six hundred. Uh, you know, over twice as likely to be the last <laughs> in the NFC West. I don't, yeah. I don't really get that. I don't but th- but that being said, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, so tell us about the Arizona Cardinals issues going into 2021 and fantasy football. No, and, and, you know, I would have continued to stand with offensive line, but I think they've actually done enough to help Kyler Murray just continue what he did last year. And, again, yeah, I don't get, uh, you know, the, the lack of love for this team because they already had DeAndre Hopkins. What did they right. do? They added A.J. Green. They drafted yes. Rondale Moore, which is a guy I love coming out of Purdue. You know, there was some questions Absolutely. with some durability with him. But, you know, you're talking about a stud that single-handedly took on Ohio State by himself, and they could not stop him. They, he just absolutely yep. dominated. You know, short, stocky guy. If anyone remembers that pro day, he he. if it was the, the combine, I think we'd still be talking about him now. But the fact that it was the pro <laughs> day, you know, the 42-inch yep. vertical, I think was a four three eight forty. He just blew the roof off. So I think you're adding him to a group that deep already. Um, and then defense that has J.J. Watt now as a rotational guy, Chandler Jones. And, you know, all the yep. other guys that they have in that backfield, Buda Baker. So I, I don't know why they're not looked at as I think that they're going to be one of the better teams in the NFL next year. I have them winning at least 10 games uh, in the end, probably going to 11 being, you know, for the division title. Because I just don't see teams able to stop Kyler Murray. Because I think what we saw last year, what I've seen from just watching his film from college to the NFL, he just keeps betting better. He just improves. Yes, sir. He doesn't make the same mistakes. His vision, right. everything he does. And everyone wants to talk about Russell Wilson. They're very different players. You know, although Russell right. Wilson, you know, buys time, you know, to look downfield, and Tyler Murray does that, he's, getting, he's just, you know, reaching his potential at that level. As far as a scrambler, yeah. I think he's, he's elite right now. And I think I that you'll probably see a lot more of that next year. And it'll just be based on not really play calling, just really his ability to take over game. So I have Arizona as in the end, I have them winning the division. So I don't. Wow. I don't see, oh, you should go place a bet, you know, dude. 
plus yeah, 600, yeah, I know, you're going to make really the bank. Well, we were, <laughs> when, we did, when we did the power rankings what, a month and a half ago, I said Arizona yep. was one of my top teams, and I'm still there. I think yep. that I barely even looked at most of their roster, and just what we talked about, I think that they're going to be a team really hard to stop because I think you have a lot of other teams in, in flux. You know, San Francisco, Bosa coming back from injury. They're stacked. Everyone's looking at them as the team, you know, the team to be in the division. But I think, as we saw last year, anyone can rise from that. And to me, no better team than Arizona there. So I think fantasy-wise, you know, take your pick. But I think, again, DeAndre Hopkins is going to dominate. And I think, you know, you have Andy Isabella that's, you know, maybe an undrafted guy you could put on that back end for the bench. But Rondale Moore, he's a guy, I, you know, if he's available somehow, I, I've looked at his ranking in that, you know, that third, fourth round. That guy would because I think he's going to be probably one of the most surprising uh, rookies in the NFL next year on offense. So you know, Rondé Moore, Purdue, definitely look at him for fantasy as well in that mid round. Yeah, no, I I love what you're saying, and you actually took the words right out of my mouth. Kyler Murray just keeps getting better. You know, I mean, he was he was obviously great when he started, or I should say, very very good, and he's getting to be great. I mean, he obviously DeAndre Hopkins was a huge boon to him, but that offense just starts to keep clicking forward. You know, I just every time I see them, they become he becomes better and better and better with, the, with the, what they give him to, to around with the talent they put around him. You know, they went from 22.6 points per game in 2019 to 25.6 points per game last year. I mean, that is a jump of five, uh, three points per game. You know, that is huge. You go do that, you know, jump another three points, and they're basically leading the league. So this is really interesting. The, the one person they lost in Drake, they picked up James Conner. I've never been a big James Conner fan, but they had Chase Edmonds there as well. Two of them together, I think, is probably an adequate combo. But, you're, you know, you're so right when you look at the other side of this. I mean, they got A.J. Green to be out there with DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And, and I know he may be, you know, plateauing in his career, but it's still A.J. Green. And now you have to cover both of those guys. And then you add Rondell Moore into the mix, a guy I also like a lot. And J.J. Watt, I know he's, got a, he's a huge locker room presence, as well as being a key rotational piece that can really put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I, I love it. You know, I love what they have going there. And I think it's really interesting to me that they are only picked at plus 600 money line to win the NFC West. Go put some money on that, folks. That's going to be a winner. Their over-under on wins this year, by the way, is just eight. It's just eight. Take the over on eight. I mean, do you agree? Take the over on eight? I do. I do, for sure. Yeah. I just, I just think there's no way they don't win eight games this year. But, hey, who am I to say, right? Because we're, you know, we, we obviously aren't we're driving Lamborghinis around, so I guess we haven't really hit it big yet. Maybe at the end right, of the season, right. though. Maybe at the end of the season if the there Arizona Cardinals can pull through for us. Um, and those, those are some great uh, fantasy football targets there. Obviously, everyone knows of the big names, DeAndre Hopkins, Calipari going 52nd overall, QB3, so he's really moving his way up there. Chase Edmonds, though, available at 66 overall, RB26, if you do that. I might take James Conner at 100th overall at RB35 to kind of back him up. And other than that, you know, it's kind of like, well, I don't know what I'll do. I mean, I, I like what I saw out of Christian Kirk on and off throughout the season. He's going very late, 159th overall. So if you want to take a flyer on him, you know, maybe it's worth a look. Rondale Moore, as you mentioned, 196th overall. So he's basically free. So go ahead and take him. Deal. And, and I think this is um, just going to keep moving up. This is not going to stay this way. A.J. Green is 204. <laughs> Wide receiver wow. 76. That's not right. I'm sorry. No. I'm sure that people just haven't caught on yet. That's gonna he's gonna move up the charts. If you get AJ Green in, I'd say the top, you know, ten rounds, I think he's probably gonna produce for you. Carry a lot of risk. Two hundred and four. No, no. 
No, I'm sorry. That's that's way, way, way. You know what late. I said to so, someone the other day? Don't under don't underestimate that warm weather for him because you know a lot yeah. of people I talk to, there's especially late in their career with those lower body injuries. You know they yep. go out west and they definitely see like a rejuvenation. So I don't know how far we're going to see him with you know a thousand yards, but I can definitely see him you know five hundred, six hundred yards, you know three, four touchdowns for sure because I just think the way they're built right now, Tyler Murray's just looking for whoever's open. Oh, yeah, and playing with Tyler Murray's got to be exciting. And what they got going around there, I mean, it's just – that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so that's basically the end of the show. Let's hit the air horn. Oh, my gosh, it always goes so fast. But lot, We crammed a ton of information in there today because lots of information on the Washington football team and then the NFC West all the way through. Plus, we gave you – we gave all of you the, out there in listener land your retirement fund, right? Just put your <laughs> money on the Arizona Cardinals at plus Arizona. 600. You guys can all retire after that, and be be sure to send us your thank you letters when you're done. Okay, you got anything you can uh, you want to pro for us, Adam, this week? Um, you know, other than of course, you know, always going to the Burgundy and Gold Report dot com to you know check out all the latest uh, Washington news draft evaluations. But uh, this past week, again, we mentioned uh, Sidelines Washington earlier tonight. Um, we actually had Nick yep. Aldridge from Pro Football Focus on there. You know, great oh, um, topic. Yes. You know, we just, you know, really went up and down Washington's roster and actually, you know, talked about some other teams. But, again, uh, Sidelines Washington, you can find us just like this show on Apple, um, iTunes, and Spotify. Um, but, again, the Burgundy and Um it's, it, we're, We've got a couple weeks to a training camp. But got some exciting projects going on. So, yeah, just stay tuned. The Burgundy and Gold Report.com. LDC. Awesome. Yeah, all that great stuff. And if, and I know you all can't get enough of Adam and Eva. So go check all that out because it, there's no such thing as too much Adam. Right? There's no such thing. <laughs> Trust me on this, folks. Trust me on Tell this. Tell my all wife right. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am staying out of that because I'm going to lose that fight every time. All right? I'm just telling you. All right. You can find me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. And as always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention our mock draft. Don't forget, guys, hashtag FGT mock draft on Twitter for our live Twitter mock fantasy football draft. Follow us, guys.